Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, Dr. Richard Ruling has been a friend of our ministry, a frequent guest on this program for the last few years. And I invited him back today to share something that the Holy Spirit has just been working on my heart about. You know, about a month or so ago, Dr. Ruling was on as we were discussing his book, Mega Quake 2023. But something he shared in that interview, I, I, I guess the best way to describe it, that a seed was planted and it began to take root and grow. And I started doing some readings on it and, and, and listening to his information again and reading the book that he's putting out called The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation and Papal Teaching. And, and the Holy Spirit began to show me some things. Now, as I said, he's also preparing to publish this book, Greatest Story Never Told, uh, Bad Translation, Papal Teaching, in addition to the book he just published called Mega Quake 2023. But this book contains a lot of the things we'll be discussing today. Uh, I asked Dr. Ruling to come back on the program today to discuss this topic, which is about the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. But what he's discovered in Scripture really in my opinion, just blows the traditional interpretations out of the water. I mean, this is eye-opening, and it'll open so much of the Bible and give you a, a clear, accurate understanding of some things that, well, we've just gotten wrong over the years. Help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Ruling. Dr. Ruling, it is a blessing to have you come back on the show with us today to discuss this important revelation and, and an understanding of the Holy Spirit. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Oh, it's my privilege, uh, Pastor Bob, uh, and it's more blessed to give than receive, and you give me that opportunity to give, so I am more blessed, uh, really. Amen. And uh, I, I just want the audience to know that you and I prayed before we started this, mm, yeah. because we need your Holy Spirit, and we need, uh, you know, it, it says where two or three are gathered and we agree Amen. on anything, it will be done. We, we want to yeah. see your truth and light, and thank you for the listeners. Please help them as they uh, seek to share this Amen. also, because I believe it's truth for this time. We Thank you, and uh, go for it. <laughs> well, let, let's start in the beginning. That's always a good place to begin, in the beginning, right? All right. In Genesis chapter 1, in verses 26, 27, it says, God made man in his image, in his likeness. He made them male and female. Then in Genesis chapter 5, and verses 1 and 2, we see again how God made them male and female. Now, I'm just going to you know turn you loose for a minute. You take it from there. Okay. Um, as a preface to this, Romans one twenty, Paul, greatest theologian of the New Testament, mm -hmm. said, whatever may be known about God may be understood from the things that are made, even his Godhead. Yeah. And if we can understand that, uh, that the Scripture says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And so in the day that God made man, uh, in his likeness and image, he made them male and female. Five times it says we're made in their image and likeness. Twice it says male and female. Okay, I I'm discovering that seven, five plus two is seven, Amen. is a mark of end-time truth. 
like Revelation, it has seven churches, seven seals, seven mm-hmm. thunders, seven trumpets, and so on. So uh, I believe that this is part of a, a covenant that we may need to use or, or include to m- make with Christ. Uh, Israel became God's uh, kingdom when they made a covenant at Sinai. And uh, uh, so many people think the, the wedding is at the end of time, we're snatched to heaven. But God, uh, when they made the covenant, he later said, return, I'm married to you. He regarded the covenant as a marriage. Mm-hmm. So the wedding parables are become alive with the fact that we will need to make a covenant, perhaps. And this is a topic that uh, should be included to, mm-hmm. so we understand God. God got an ignorant bride at Sinai. They worshiped a calf 40 days <laughs> yeah, later. Amen. You know? And, and uh, this must not happen to Christ. And so uh, this is a provision in a way that, uh, that, that he gets a wise bride. Uh, and we can talk about this another time, mm-hmm. really. But anyway, the, uh, the, the five times in their likeness and image, uh, and male and female, if, if, if we're male and female in their image and likeness, they are male and female. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. a, that's very hard to escape that. It's so clear, <laughs> you know, yeah. in my opinion. But anyway, uh, that, that's what I'm seeing in that and 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 Christ said if you've seen me you've seen the father yeah. you know uh, so, so i think there's there's more to this than we're understanding yeah absolutely absolutely and i'm going to that's one nugget i'm going to put this other nugget out because folks we're going to weave all these together here at the end but but you talked before in our previous episode about Jerusalem as the mother of us all and you previously shared that cities are named after people so who is Jerusalem named after I believe she's she just like Christ referred to his heavenly father um he has a heavenly mother and and she um you know first of all let me say this that pro, the one, the Israel's wisest king Solomon said in the Proverbs 25 verse 2 it is the glory of God to conceal a thing it is the honor of kings to search out a matter and this is something that's been pretty well concealed, in, in my opinion, yeah. because we, we've come to the end of time when, in reality, I, I think uh, we need to understand who God is, what he's like. And uh, it's been concealed, but uh, Heavenly Father implies a Heavenly Mother. If, if the best-known verse in the Bible is that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son— Everywhere else in Scripture, so-and-so begot so-and-so, so-and-so begot so-and-so, we understand that. But when God begot his son, we don't understand that somehow. We think, well, is that some queer arrangement? Well, it's not queer at all. It's real. I believe that it's, it's father, mother, and he's the son. And we're going to see in this little discussion that he, I believe that uh, she also had a daughter. Okay, and we'll, we'll look at the Bible evidence for this. So uh, anyway, that's it. I think uh, father, mother, son, and daughter, and, and in Ephesians 3.15, it refers to the whole family in heaven. Mm. Amen. You know, uh, the whole Amen. family. A family is consists of father, mothers, and, and offspring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe there are two offspring that we've overlooked. Uh, I mean, well, Christ is, is yeah, you know, yeah. et cetera, and, and now we're going to uh, consider his his sister, but go ahead. Because yeah, yeah, this is the part, yeah, this is the part I wanted to get to because this is the part that really opened my eyes. And it's from the book of Proverbs, specifically chapter eight, and it's referring to wisdom. And wisdom is called she, and that's feminine. Hey, explain that for us because it also refers to Christ in that passage. Correct? I believe that it does. Uh, and but uh, in, in this particular early part of Proverbs eight. It is talking about she, and and it, it includes it. Um, 
Well, I'll just read one verse. She stands at the top of the high places, and by the, uh, she cries at the gates, uh, and she says, uh, I call you uh, to understand the wisdom and so on. But um, in verse 23, uh, actually verse 22, it says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, mm-hmm. or, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the hills I was brought forth. The word for brought forth in Hebrew can include the, the meaning of childbirth, yeah. you know. And so, you know, wow, that's, that's huge that, that she is talking that way. And, uh, and in verse 30, she says, I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. You know, I think she's referring to her brother. And in Song of Solomon, it, they refer back and forth to my sister, my brother, mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. So uh, I just think, wow, uh, I think Song of Solomon has uh, understandably been one of the least understood books. Oh, yeah. Okay? That, most people uh, say the Song of Solomon is very confusing. But when we look at it with what you've been sharing with us, it starts to make complete sense. So just go ahead and take us through the Song of Solomon. Explain that book for us in light of what we just learned. Well, and I want to say that, you know, Solomon wrote a, a thousand and five songs. Mm-hmm. But this one of all of those was, you know, if, if holy men of God were uh, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, I think the Holy Spirit, <laughs> she was wanting this included in the Bible Amen. and showing her love for Christ and his love for her. And otherwise, we might be clueless yeah. without, without this one. Out of a thousand, one chance in a thousand that we get this song, okay? <laughs> but... Uh, I, I believe uh, she is speaking to him in the first chapter. I got to turn to it, and I, I don't want to be making this up by the wing. Uh, but uh, in the first chapter, she says <clears throat> in verse seven, "Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth." And let me let me back up and say this: that Solomon was Israel's wisest king, mm-hmm. but really, I think it, he is representing. Israel's true wisest king, the Messiah, Christ. Yeah. Okay. Amen. And so, so this is about them. And uh, he says, uh, t- uh, she says, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where you feed and where you make your flocks uh, to rest at noon. For why should I be turned aside by the flocks of your companions? Well, you remember the last night uh, in, uh, when Christ was about to, to go, and he said, uh, I'm, I'm going to heaven, uh, you know, and they were startled and wondered, and, and uh, he said, uh, she spoke, and this is John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you, and then the bad translation is comfortless, mm-hmm. because the real Greek word is orphanos. I will not leave you orphans. Why would the translators translate orphanos in Greek mm-hmm. to comfortless? I mean, yeah. a total mislead. They're, they're hiding uh, a truth. I believe they're Catholic in origin, uh, you know, infiltrating the translation process, and that they don't let the, uh, the truth of what that is, that Christ, our, our spiritual, the one that planted his seed in us, uh, was leaving, but she would nurture the seed as a mother and in... Pro- in uh, Romans eight twenty six. it says, The Spirit maketh intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Christ intercedes in heaven before the, the Father for us and pleads for mercy for us and so on, but she's in our hearts. Uh, uh, she would not leave us orphans, etc. So that's typified by this first uh, chapter, Song of Solomon 1, Why should I be turned aside by the flocks of your companions? And uh, 
uh, in the next chapter, she's, uh, Christ is speaking, I'm the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. Well, there's songs about that, you know, so we understand that. And uh, she uh, is a charge to the daughters of Jerusalem, daughters, plural, uh, to not wake him up before the time, and uh, he comes leaping upon the mountains, uh, skipping on the hills. Well, that, that wasn't Solomon. That was <laughs> that could be Christ. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's enough here. I think uh, the real uh, special part of Song of Solomon, and it's it's where it's the clearest. It's a lot of history. Uh, uh, it says in Song of Solomon five verse two, he's knocking at the door and he says, "Open to me." My sister, mm-hmm. my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is uh, wet with dew, and so on. Mm-hmm. But the point is, that's a lot of history. My sister, that's how they originated, uh, brother and sister, and then became love. As they, as they, uh, she said she rejoiced always before him, and so on. They were just playmates together, growing up in a sense, maybe you know. And then my dove. Well, as a dove, she descended on him at his baptism. Amen. You know, mm-hmm. and, and gave him uh, wisdom to to respond to those cunning, yeah. crafty uh, uh, Jewish leaders that uh, didn't want to believe. You know, and uh, so they could never trap him. And and his yielding to her voice. Uh, you know, I mean, it says in Hebrews two verse sixteen, I think it is, that Christ took not on him the seed of uh, a, on the nature of angels, but the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I, I, he could have been tempted with Mary Magdalene. She, I'm sure, was a beautiful person, you know. Mm-hmm. But and she loved him be, for, for, but it wasn't because he was lusting after her like every other man was. Mm-hmm. But he could have had wrong thoughts. But the the dove gave him thoughts, and he yielded to her throughout his life. Or if he had not yielded to her, you know, sometimes we get the Holy Spirit and we yield. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if he had even in one instance not yielded but s- sinned. He would have died on that cross, I yeah, think, and yeah, it would have been absolutely. at the end for them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's it, it, no coming back after after that. Uh, and, and so they, I think, took a horrible risk, horrible. But they loved us, and they believed that uh, if they understood uh, love and, and appreciate it, we will live in turn with love and want to live for them. And, and and represent their truth in this controversy between good and evil. There was a, a war in heaven. Uh, the dragon, the devil, was cast out. He was cast out to this earth. Uh, God could not stamp him out, the devil. We, we think, well, why did he let all this happen to us? You know, well, uh, if God had stamped out all the evil, boom, every being in the universe would serve God from fear. Yep, exactly. They would be afraid yep. of God, uh, and that they might get stamped out if they didn't toe the line. God had to reveal His principles of love, and uh, and we we in worship the word worship is worship. We give Him His worth Amen. because we do love Him. He was wise. He was good. He he is he himself has borne the cost of this more than anyone. Mm-hmm. A, a parent suffers as much uh, in the death of a child as a di- oh, as a child dies if yeah. uh, dying of cancer or something like that. So uh, I I see this as uh, as huge for God. And uh, we owe them everything, and, and I want to live for them through the time ahead. And, and there's high reward if we do, you know, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to, uh, um, you know, it, it, the more we give, the more we get back, basically. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, if we take that, because you, you went to the book of Revelation, so let's talk about where John saw in Revelation chapter 1, verse 13, one who looked like 
the Son of Man. What else did you see in this verse that relates to what we've been sharing today? Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think people today gloss over. They, they, they just, in a gaze, they, they, they don't really read what it says. But it says that one, uh, like the Son of Man, gird about the paps with a golden girdle. And I searched the concordance for paps. The Greek word is mastos, and it means female breast. Well, it's telling you that she is one like the Son of Man, and she is walking among the candlesticks, which are the churches. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the first, uh, there are chapters two and three, at the end of each message to each church, it says that he that has an ear, hear what the Spirit says to the church. You know, Mm -hmm. so we need to uh, understand that, and we get to the end, the last church, Laodicea, uh, when I think it's important to understand this, and again, it's a bad translation, because uh, the translations say to the angel of the church, to the angel of the church, blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not the angels that the Spirit was speaking to. Angels are messengers, and it should say to the messenger of the church, which is the preacher or the pastors, you know, because uh, in, in Laodicea, uh, Revelation 3.17, it says, you are blind and naked. Well, angels are not blind and naked, but pastors uh, might not see something. And, and <laughs> as far as w- being dressed in truth, girding your loins with truth, they, they, they may not have it when they uh, talk about a quick snatch to heaven and this and that. Yeah. They want to make it sound good so that everybody wants to hear good things. But I'm saying uh, it, it's not quite that way, and I believe uh, we will need uh, to make a covenant with God and uh, in order to be married. And, and if we're faithful like jo- Jacob was, Jacob was betrothed for seven years. And uh, I believe if we are faithful in that time, we can eat cake in heaven later and be there for their wedding. Amen. The, uh, Christ yeah. and his, his, his bride. So I believe that's what what it's about in, in Revelation. In fact, um, before I uh, quit, uh, Revelation 22, the last chapter, verse 17, mm-hmm. says, uh, 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 the Spirit and the bride say, come. Yeah. Now, my point is that I took an upper division course that was only really for theological students who were going to be pastors, but I, I took it in college, the Bible college, and uh, the the um, fellow who taught had a Ph.D. from Oxford University, so he, he knew what he was talking about. And the Greek language uh, has a, 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 what is called an apexegetical chi. You can, you can Google it uh, if you spell it with e, E-P-E-X-E-G. Some epexegetical chi. And the chi is a Greek word, K A I. K A I. It's a conjunction. And it's like it, but the, the translators put and, the spirit and bride. Yeah. But that sounds like two different people. Yeah. The real meaning of the epexegetical chi is that is to say. So the spirit, that is to say, the bride mm, says, come. Amen. Okay. The Spirit is the bride, and she will regain her heavenly form as uh, girt about the paps. And, 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 and she assumed the Spirit, the, Christ assumed the form of a man to communicate with us. She assumed the form of a spirit, uh, you know, uh, so she could be everywhere for us. But I believe in the end uh, that we, they will be king and queen, and we can be there. Uh, when you hear the, spot, the hallelujah chorus, king of kings, mm-hmm. lord of lords, mm-hmm. I believe we can be kings, in a sense, for those that really get it right at the end. Uh, there's a high value, high reward. He says he will make us ruler over all that he has. Mm-hmm. In other words, we, we can be like Joseph in Egypt. Jo- Joseph took care of Potiphar's house, and uh, Potiphar didn't have to worry about his stuff. Everything was taken care of. Amen. And I believe we might be able to do something like that in heaven. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, for for the universe and traveling. It says that the 144,000 uh, follow him wherever oh, yeah. he goes. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we can be part of his entourage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would like to do that rather than just uh, sit on a cloud or guard my uh, fig, fig tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the country we might have that too. I don't know, but anyway, it will be good. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that, and that's my my take on uh, uh, wedding parables and our need to understand them better. And we can talk about that another time, basically. Yeah. But that's uh, a okay. quick look. Yeah, amen. So let me just summarize where we're at. The Godhead okay. is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I, I believe every Christian believer can agree on that. And God the Father is in heaven, has always been in heaven. But when mankind fell, God the Son, Jesus, and his sister, who's called Wisdom, agreed to come down to redeem mankind. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, and, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you uh, part of this that we've missed. Okay, it's important. Uh <clears throat> Jerusalem above is the mother of us all, and uh, this might be debatable. Is is that really a person or not? You know, uh, I'm saying that uh, cities are named for people, and and if if Christ is a begotten Son, uh, you know, everywhere else in the Bible, so and so begot so and so. It means they they procreated and had a child. Uh, but uh, how, what about Jerusalem? Jerusalem in Isaiah 37, and this is the middle book in the Bible for people that don't know where Isaiah is. It's just open your Bible, you'll probably hit Isaiah. 37th chapter, the setting is that Sennacherib, an Assyrian general, came from Assyria, made mincemeat of everybody else, was banging on the door of Jerusalem and saying, uh, open, surrender, or I'm going to make you really pay for your uh, your unwillingness to surrender. Mm-hmm. And the king uh, Hezekiah was really afraid. He was in sackcloth and ashes in the temple, and he sends Eliakim uh, to the prophet Isaiah to find out, is there any hope for us? And the answer comes back in Isaiah uh, 50. I'm going to turn to it myself, okay, and read it to you so you're not, no, I'm, I'm not making it up. Hold on. Um, 22nd verse, it says, uh, this is the word of the Lord uh, that he spoke concerning the daughter of Jerusalem, uh, who has who has despised you and uh, shaken your head at you, speaking of Sennacherib, whom you have blasphemed. Okay, in other words, Sennacherib, or his general, blasphemed God. But it, it refers to her as daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. Okay, well, we just said Jerusalem above is mother of us all, and here's, here's someone who is blasphemed. This is the daughter who was, mm. uh, you know, Christ's sister, yeah. who was blasphemed uh, as she was looking out for, for the city of God's people, basically. And that night, 185,000 Assyrians were dead outside the gates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she was God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this is proof to me that, you know, Jerusalem above is, is to be reckoned with, and, and, and she has a daughter and a son, and the, the tetragrammaton, if you Google that, uh, it's tetra, meaning four, grammaton, four letters of God's name. I think they're the initials of the Godhead, Amen. father, mother, son, and daughter. Mm. The yod represents a, a hand in giving, receiving, ownership. Okay, the hay is uh, uh, means a light or a window or rain, something like that, uh, and and that's we need we need light and uh, as a window, and then the the vav is is shaped like a concrete nail and it means hook or balance beam, and everything balances on life on our relationship to Christ, 
And uh, I believe that's that's the symbol for him. And then another, hey, well, a light or window, daughter, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. Amen. So to me, I, I believe that's that just adds another a little uh, interesting understanding. And we can talk about mm-hmm. name later, but that's uh, um, just a perspective that. Uh, and I don't know <laughs> where we're at in this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just believe that overall. Uh, Big stuff is coming soon. And, oh, I, I guess I should tell you this. Um, to me, um, er, let, let me back up and say this, that, that God declares the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. And a proof of this to me, as much as any verse in the Bible, is Isaiah 45. This is uh, uh, just a, a few verses earlier than or what we talked about, Isaiah 37. But Isaiah 45 God named Cyrus a hundred years before he was even born yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. told how Cyrus would conquer Babylon when two leave gates or river gates were left open. Cyrus diverted the Euphrates River and marched his army in. When the gates were left open, he had no obstacles to march in uh, at night and conquer the city without a loss of life. And to me, uh, when Cyrus saw this, he was so impressed with the God of Israel, who named him and told how he was going to do it, yeah. mm-hmm. before, uh, that he uh, freed Israel from captivity and even helped uh, pay their way back to their homeland. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. If, if, if the Muslims today would understand their ancestor Cyrus better, uh, they, they might be less eager to drive Israel into the sea, because they're going to have trouble if they try to do that. But they will. They will. Right. That's religious hatred and... Yeah. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, to me, I just wanted to say that this is prophecy. Yeah. And uh, but when Christ was asked about the other world, he said to understand the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, he um, uh, he sees um, Daniel seventh chapter four beasts that represent Babylon, Medo Persia, Greece, and Rome. Yeah. And out of Rome grows a little horn which changes times and laws and persecutes the saints and does bad stuff. Early Protestant uh, reformers all believed that this little horn was the papacy that uh, changed the calendar, you know, Gregorian yeah. calendar, yeah. changed the laws from Sabbath to Sunday and so on, and so, et cetera. And I believe that, that uh, they changed, that, that, that you have a papal trinity. They say that the trinity is the foundation of all their doctrine. Well, uh, in Revelation 17:5, it says she's the mother of abomination. So a lot of what they teach is not true, and uh, I, you know we all agree on Christ being good. And there are there are some very fine Catholic Christians. I'm not I'm not bashing Catholics per se. And God uh, says in times of ignorance, He winks at, and He's been doing a lot of winking for all of us. We all have things to learn. But as a as an organization, the papacy is is intent on world domination. Yeah and is trying to restore it uh, oh, yeah. through a, a one-world government, uh, UN, New World Order, etc. And I, it's going to be big trouble. It, uh, the prophecy is that they're going to compel false worship. You can't buy or sell without it, and so on. So I believe that uh, we need to understand where uh, the forces politically in this country. I think Trump was trying to make America great, and uh, I, I, I believe that uh, um, new world order is not yeah. how we get great with yeah. the UN. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Richard Ruling, uh, author of a book that's about to be published called "The Greatest Story Never Told: Bad Translation of Papal Teaching." And Dr. Ruling, I want to back up just a little bit and and let's go back to the verse you know I will where Jesus said I will not leave you comfortless. 
but it's neat. He also says, "Need for me to send the comforter to you." What? Why did he use that word "comfortless"? I know we talked about it, and I want to recover that, uh, and just to refresh in everyone's mind that word "comfortless." He's referring to the Holy Spirit, there, right? Yes, and I actually believe she was speaking through him when she says, "I will not leave you." Uh, or orphans. Mm-hmm. The Greek word is Orphan. orphans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. orphanos. But why they should not have translated it comfortless. It's right. misleading. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she was saying, I will not leave you orphans. I'll come to you. And this is why uh, she's in Romans eight twenty six 26, uh, uh, intercedes with moaning, groanings that cannot be uttered. And, and it helps us to make, we, I, I enjoy waking up with good ideas sometimes. And I, th- I thank her uh, for that, you know, et cetera, uh, and just uh, want to live uh, according to what they, they want us to do, basically. Yeah, amen, amen. So something I learned as I was studying this out, in the book of Revelation, we have the wedding supper of the Lamb, and we as Christians understand that that's the church. It's supposed to be, you know, the, we've been taught that that's the bride of Christ. But something I learned is about the word apocalypse. It actually has root words that refer to it as a wedding, and just to refresh everyone's memory, in Jewish and Hebrew culture, the man travels to the woman's family, and they have a dinner, etc., and they have conversations, you know, to get to know one another without any kissing or romance involved, because you know, romance, you know, blind passion type thing, and and you know, later on you find out you have nothing in common. So they sit at this table and have dinner, basically with the family, and they they talk and and get to know each other. At the end of the dinner. They discuss dowry and all that. And then the woman was asked, do you want to marry this man? If she says yes, from that moment on, she's considered the bride of that man. And then the man leaves to go off to prepare a place for his bride. The bride's now busy preparing herself for her future place. Her home is no longer where she's at. It's going. Her home is now where she is going to go. So all her efforts are to prepare for where she is going. And when is she going? She doesn't know the exact day or hour, but she has an idea of the season. And at the appointed time, the man comes to take her home. And But first, it has to be a wedding feast that traditionally lasts seven days. And at the wedding, the bride presents herself to the man, but she's also wearing a veil. And at the wedding ceremony here in our traditional marriages today, after the minister says, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and we now kiss the bride, they flip the veil back, and that is the revealing Hence, revelation. It's simply the removing of the veil, which, from what I read, was also in the roots, root words of apocalypse. And I said all that to lead you into this discussion again of the wedding parable, Doc, because as a, I always get this, I always get you to talk about the wedding parable when I'm interviewing you. And I believe that parable has everything to do what we've been studying today with the Holy Spirit as the feminine part of the Godhead. So, can you share about this for our listeners? Well, you're a true brother, and you're seeing it so much like I do, too. And uh, help us, <laughs> may God help us, to make the, yeah, uh, your voice, my voice, strong so that uh, people can get it. There is so much, uh, God is, uh, you know, uh, is more than we conceive of, and we need to think, meditate more. In fact, a uh, favorite author of mine said that the, the topic of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, was one of Christ's most favorite themes. Uh, in other words, he, he prayed all night uh, sometimes, and, and or spent the night in prayer before big events, mm-hmm. and uh, the ordination of his disciples, the calling of them, the scene of Mount Transfiguration. They also they often went to sleep. I think we should uh, be open to waking up more and, and praying and seeking God and. Uh, um, 
I think that there will be great answers for us if we can do that. In fact, the wedding parable of Luke twelve thirty six and 37 says that we should be ready when he comes and knocks, and I see that knock as an earthquake next spring. But blessed is the servant whom his Lord finds watching. The word watching is from Gregorio, meaning be awake. Pray. Yeah. Christ said, watch, pray. And that was the eve of Passover. And there's more on this another time, but uh, we'll just uh, say that I think uh, there's lots to, uh, coming, and we need to be readier than we are. And in fact, I, I, let me just say, uh, have a book on uh, uh, the, the book that you just mentioned, The Greatest Story Never Told, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Ruling, R-U-H-L-I-N-G. It's not a great book uh, in the sense of uh, smooth drama, and sm- it's, it, you, but, but it has the information like we've talked about today and more. And why next spring, okay, in the appendix, uh, Megaquake 2023. Uh, it's on Amazon, and uh, it's also available in uh, hardback, softcover. Uh, not hardback, yeah. but but the soft cover, and uh, to me, we we spend thousands, hundreds of thousands. Even the average American spends over a million dollars in a lifetime. But here is a real meal for the mind, and I believe if people will go to Amazon, type in, get book section, type in the greatest story never told, and my name, Richard Ruling. You can get uh, either soft uh, soft cover or the uh, Kindle version. For if you have a Kindle, that's that's preferred maybe because uh, you can click on the links and so on. Yep. Anyway, l- love you, and and uh, there are bonuses if you on the uh, book. If you click to look inside, you can see you, that there are bonuses as well for the price that's uh, less than what some people pay for a meal when they go out. Yeah, amen. Okay, so we got that in. I was saving that for the end, but we got that in now. But go to the wedding parable. The wedding parable, actually, uh, there are three wedding parables. And since it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, uh, in Proverbs 25, two, no wedding parable has it all. You have to compare them back and forth. And my favorite author says, one example is worth many precepts. And the best example I've got is the exodus from Egypt, which Paul said, I would not have you ignorant how that our fathers passed through the sea. He wants us to look at the exodus. It was a, a uh, Egypt did bad stuff. They enslaved Israel and threw their babies in the river. And America has enslaved most people in alcohol, tobacco, negative lifestyles, and has thrown 63 million babies in the trash. We're worse than Egypt, more deserving. And uh, the fact is that when God liberated Egypt, it was a jubilee event. Like in the Bible, Leviticus 25th chapter, verse 10, they, they were freed from servitude. They had a promise of land. That happened in Egypt. But Jubilee came every 50 years later, and, and the point is that 50 years from Roe v. Wade is right. next year. Amen. So get ready. That's, right. <laughs> That's one of the timelines that you'll get the chance to understand if you get the book, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. So thank you for uh, mentioning it, and uh, the wedding parables all tie into this. Amen, amen. And, and what about the part, I stand at the door and knock? Okay, well... Uh, the Bible is supposed to be its own expositor. It explains itself. And the only other place where Christ knocks in the Bible uh, is the wedding parable. Mm-hmm. And they, But the church where he knocked 
ended in an earthquake. They were materialistic. They, they thought they were rich, increased with goods. They didn't need anything. They, they're not concerned about who's knocking at the door and so on. That's Christ. And my point is that uh, if, if the earthquake is the knock, uh, that's how when we open immediately, the knock will come, I believe, with Passover imagery, because the, that wedding parable of Luke 12 has triple Passover imagery. Watching was only done at Passover, being awake. They would eat the Passover lamb, leave nothing till morning. Christ said that night, watch with me, couldn't you watch one hour, you know, type of thing. And uh, it says, and, and he says, if we are watching when he knocks, he will gird himself and make us sit down to eat and serve us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he did at the Last Supper. He served them. We may have a heavenly messenger. I don't know, you know, what it is, but I believe we need to, to do that next spring. And we'll talk more before next spring about it, I'm sure. You know. Amen, amen. Tell us in the wedding parable about the lamps, the the you know the okay. five five virgins that were wise okay. and the, the the five that were foolish. Good question. The uh, the lamps actually interprets it in Revelation one as the churches. The seven candlesticks are the seven churches, but uh, they uh, that's one meaning. But oftentimes there's more than one meaning. And in uh, Malachi, I'm sorry. Uh, Zechariah, fourth chapter, there are uh, two olive trees that empty their oil into the lamps, okay? And the point is that the Old and New Testament uh, are are the uh, the two olive trees. And uh, they represent, uh, I think, Christians who only want to look at New Testament but don't want to see things from old are going to be short of oil. Mm -hmm. And Jews who, who don't accept the Messiah... Uh, cannot make it, I don't think. You know, in my opinion, I believe that God's kingdom in the end, when it talks about Israel and Judah, will be Jews who accept the Messiah and Christians who accept the law of Moses. Because uh, Malachi, the last, the Old Testament ends with this. Remember the law of Moses with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and Elijah, Christ said before he comes, Elijah is supposed to restore all things. I think we can be anointed to be the Elijahs, Amen. you know, and, and, and restore things like the, uh, not Trinity, but father, mother, son, and daughter, the family in heaven that we can be part of, et cetera. Amen. But the, the Holy Spirit's represented by the oil and the lamps as well. And yes. the five foolish virgins were there for the wedding, but they didn't recognize the importance of having the Holy Spirit with them. Good point. And, uh, in fact, one more thing on that is that the um, um, first 2,000 years ended with uh, a rejection of God at the flood. Mm-hmm. second 2,000 years ended with a rejection of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. But Christ said in Luke 12, verse 10, uh, all manner of sin will be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And remember that the context of that was that she, daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem, was blasphemed. Mm-hmm. She is God, and to think that it's just uh, some, you know, I have a spirit about me, but it, it's it's not like she. You know, uh, we, we have to uh, uh, see them as who they really are, I believe, and, and uh, I think we'll have that opportunity before yeah. it's all. Amen. Amen. As we've been discussing the the importance of the Holy Spirit, recognizing who she is, that the wedding isn't just, you know, a wedding for the church, you know, where Jesus is marrying us. We are invited to the wedding. And at 
in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, Doc, it actually closes the Bible discussing the wedding. Share that with us one more time, wrapping up everything we discussed. Okay, it's the Spirit and the bride say come, but yeah. the word and is a, a pexegetical yeah. chi in Greek, meaning that is to say. Yeah. The Spirit, that is to say the bride, says come. Amen. And we can be there for their wedding. Uh, uh, that's Christ and his sister. They ministered uh, while he was on our earth, and still today she is in our hearts. Mm-hmm. She would rather be with him in heaven, perhaps, but she knows she is needed where we, where, because we, we need desperately more than we realize. We, we think as long as we got food to eat and a, a, a paycheck that everything is fine. Right. But big trouble is, is on its way, and uh, oh, yeah. we might not have all that for, for long. So uh, pray, ask God to guide you, and be be ready. I think getting out of the cities is a good idea. Uh, when uh, Christ gave certain signs, they were to flee Jerusalem. And those signs have been given for our time. When you see an abomination standing or not, the uh, uh, new definition of marriage in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, standing where it ought not, uh, yeah. with most Christians would agree that uh, Leviticus twenty eighteen verse twenty two, uh, lying with ma- mankind with mankind is an abomination. Yep. You know, Amen. Uh, and uh, so and the Pope standing in Congress also mm-hmm. uh, uh, Revelation seventeen five, mother of abominations for for uh, different uh, the use of force to convert people to uh, uh, Rome, etc., torture, burning at the stake, and all that mother of abominations. I just say uh, we need to flee that and get in the country because uh, martial law will be set up when big trouble comes, and they will uh, know where you're at. And this is why one will be taken, the other left. Christ's disciples asked, where, Lord, where are they taken? He said, where the body is, there will the eagles be gathered. Uh, he gave us a heads up, and uh, I'd say, uh, do not live in the in the city. I, I know uh, I'm a retired emergency room doctor, and I have a, a friend who works emergency room. He says that the cities are death traps. Yeah. You know, yep. so basically, uh, God put man in a garden. Uh, it's not easy these days, uh, but anyway, that's uh, something to think about. Amen. Amen. Dr. Rulin, this has been so great. And I want to make sure we let everyone know about your great book, Mega, Mega Quake 2023, and also the book you're currently preparing to release, The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation, Papal Teaching. When is The Greatest Story Never Told going to be released? Do you have a date yet? It's uh, the end of this month. Uh, I think it's the 26th or 28th of, well, of September. Of, of September. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so they can order it, and it will come. If they got a Kindle, it'll drop into their box. But it's uh, in the meantime, uh, if 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 you get ideas, uh, help me. <laughs> we'll we'll try to do a better job on the book. So we, there's chance to you know beautiful publishing on Amazon where you can get it changed in just a few days. You know, yeah. any other publisher is is big trouble. It seems like. You know? Amen. Yep. Amen. And and Mega Quick 2023 is already published and is already available on Amazon. Correct. That's correct. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Ruling, I appreciate your time today. This has been so great. Folks, you need to drop down the show notes, get in touch with Dr. Ruling, order his books. I mean, the, especially, well, both of them are great. Mega Quake 2023 tells you what's coming right around the corner. But the and greatest. That's in, that's in the, the uh, appendix of The Greatest Story Never Told. I put them together so they, they get everything about everything. If they just well, get amen. that one book, that would be there fine. You go. Okay, amen, amen. So, and, and The Greatest Story Never Told discusses what we, today we just highlighted some of it. I mean, it, <laughs> folks, like I said, when, when Dr. Ruling was on about a month ago, this was 
an absolute eye opener. That seed was planted, and I started digging through some of my, you know, concordance and and different translation. I got twenty some translations of the Bible because my Bible study times. But and just digging this stuff out, and I got so excited. I, I contacted everyone and said, "Doc, you got to come back on. We got to talk about this more." Amen. <laughs> so, so here we are. Now you have the information. What you do with it makes the difference for all of eternity. I mean, you Amen. can just blow it Amen. off and just, eh, whatever, and just let it go. And that's like the seed cast to the wayside, and it doesn't do you any good. You can let the cares of this world just stop it from producing, or you can take it, meditate on it, plant it in your heart, and let the Holy Spirit, let her show you things that have been in the Bible all along and you just skim right over them as you've been reading it. That's been the problem. And Doc, I, I, I thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to come back on and just share this information with us and reinforcing not just what we talked about before, but just just planting this seed in someone's heart. Somewhere, some, someone somewhere this day received that. And that's all we can ask. And I just thank you again for taking the time to do that. Oh, God bless you for it, too, brother. And uh, let us be uh, part of his special group, uh, the 144, and the opportunities we'll have. Uh, um, thank you, and uh, may, may he do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or oh, think, amen. for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Ruley and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.